0: Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 86. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. Each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie we have seen with Charles that he hasn't seen. This week, we watched the 1988 movie, Beetlejuice. So Charles, tell us about Beetlejuice.
1: In this movie, a wholesome Connecticut Connecticut couple uh, dies and (laughs) finds themselves haunting their own house when a wealthy New York family buys it up and starts to renovate it. Uh, the wife is a contemporary artist. But their efforts to haunt them and make them, or uh, haunt the family out of their house, fail. So the couple enlists the help of this bio-exorcist spirit guy named Beetlejuice. That all backfires because he's actually a terrible being and it's not very helpful at all. And the couple also grows to like the family's daughter, uh, who can actually see and interact with them somehow. Where do they go from there? In the end, they, they, they fight with Beetlejuice um, and decide to live in harmony in the house after they get rid of Beetlejuice um, because the ghosts uh, love the daughter so much.
2: Yeah, that's that's what happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just wasn't sure how to transition into that end phase.
2: Right, that's kind of some abrupt. It just kind of went out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. This was uh, your selection, Crossman. What brought you to
0: Beetlejuice? Yeah, this is one of the movies that inspired this podcast. I think we had multiple conversations that led to us discerning Charles hadn't seen a ton of movies. Two uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Now he has. (laughs) Now he has. Uh, Pretty healthy diet of movies now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice is one of those films. We haven't done a uh, Tim Burton Burton film, or I don't think we've seen Michael Keaton, or actually a lot of this cast at all.
2: Yeah, we well, someone known a writer. We seen, Rider, Gina, Davis. We've seen John, Gina Davis and Gina. Right, we saw known yeah. Ryder in Heather's. Yes. Yeah. Um, Baldwin and Keaton. I don't Ooh. think so. I don't think so
0: either. Or yeah. Catherine O'Hara.
2: Or Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Um, yeah, I checked to see if she was in Spinal Tap, and she was not. She was uh, post Spinal Tap for those guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's right up that. She's like in that crew because she was right. Part that, of like that's why I checked. SCTV. like SCTV. Who's was Catherine she? O'Hara? Uh, the wife. The like uh, okay. the artist. I think yeah. I just
1: know her from Home Alone. Yes. Yeah, she's her the mom, the mom in Definitely her most famous yeah. role. Yeah. Is
0: this is like a well-remembered movie. That's true. I think people think very fondly of this movie and also think that Beetlejuice is like in the film, one hundred percent. It's in
2: here like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, barely in this movie.
0: <laughs> um, it's like a cameo. Yeah, I, I think this is a this is a good example of like a Tim Burton movie, and I think it's worth discussing because of that. Yes, uh, and it inspired a lot of media. I like a lot of elements of this film. I like kind of some of its like kookiness. Yeah, but I think it's also a Tim Burton film, and it suffers from that in a in number, in number <laughs> of ways. Um, yeah. But we can we can get into that further. Um, I I thought. Some of the stuff was like still pretty funny and I liked some of there was like some interesting things happening in this film. I also felt like watching this that it's such a Tim Burton film in the sense that he seems to lack control over the storyline and his ideas yes and it really gets away from him He, he gets uh, really <laughs> obsessed
2: with the texture yeah and to the detriment of everything else
0: yeah one yeah. what, what what of these I think he's similar to Luc Besson, who we're kind of chatting about off-air, yeah. off in that there's there's a lot of, like, great stuff. Like, there's really good ideas. and
2: There's no one there to temper them.
0: No one there to say, like, hey, let's just focus on, like, a single thread of this idea. Right. What do you think of this film, Charles, before we go too deep on it? So- before I have
1: described how I really don't like that kind of 80s weird, right? Yeah, all you remember me this talking is, about yeah, that. And this movie is film. like 80s weird to, like, to it's, 11. It's the the essence of it, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like the the it's like the platonic ideal of 80s weird. But despite all that, I found myself liking this movie a lot more than I thought it would because, yeah. you know, because of the aforementioned concerns. Because like, I don't know, there's just some kind of charm to it, I guess.
2: There is, yeah, yeah. You're you're not wrong. Like there's there's plenty of charming moments here. Um, yeah, the the couple work like surprisingly well. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't think to cast um, Alec Baldwin as like a country guy. And Gina Davis. And Gina, da- I think Gina yeah. Davis fits a little bit more naturally there, but uh-huh. Baldwin much less so. And uh, he it, still does yeah. it. I but, really liked yeah.
1: their struggle. I really liked how like
0: wholesome they were. Right, I they guess. grounded
2: the movie really well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was your reaction to this watch, Wilson? It sounds
2: like you and I are pretty sympathetic on this one. Uh, yeah. I think one of my probably least popular movie opinions is that I just generally don't like Tim Burton. Like, I just, <laughs> in, in general.
0: I've come around on that opinion. I used to be, like, a like a big apologist for Tim Burton. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, I still really like Nightmare before Christmas. It's fine.
1: That's not Tim Burton. Sure I is. had to look this up. Oh, who is
0: it? It's a, it's a, Danny Elfman, right? It's
1: Henry Selick or something. But is
0: isn't Burton the producer. It, it might be. It sure I just, like he's Bernie. not the director, which and surprised me. He he did a lot of like the original character sketching, I believe, too. It is, um, his but, style, but that's yeah. probably why it's a good film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't direct it, yeah. Because yeah. if you watch the Corpse Bride, it's it's a garbage movie. But but he, but, yeah. he gets
2: a lot of credit for Nightmare. <laughs> like people certainly.
1: Yeah, I only I only check the directorship, so he might be like a producer. Um, he or must or be or something the like that yeah.
0: producer. Yeah, I, I can pull. This we'll up, we'll keep, check keep, it out. Keep going, Wilson.
2: Yeah, so I mean, uh, broadly speaking, I think that, like, like I said before, I think he's a guy that gets really obsessed with his his abste- uh, aesthetic, yeah. and doesn't really think about the movie as a movie, and, and rather he thinks he he tends to think of it as a vehicle for, you know, getting across his kooky you know images.
1: Well, he knows what sells, right? I and mean, that's why people watch his movies. Right, he has a brand, right? And he That's has, why they love it so much.
2: Yeah, he has carved up that brand and really like the 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 even speaking more generally like the spooky Halloween goth stuff that was just an itch I never had. Like yeah. I, I don't need Tim Burton to scratch it for me. It's not there. Um, so yeah, it's not my. I aesthetic. guess you were never
0: a high school girl.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just never, never did anything. You for weren't me. Winona Ryder were, from this
0: movie. Yeah, yeah, you were never an art student.
2: Right. And, and the thing is, I had a lot of friends. I still have a lot of friends that are super into that kind of thing, and it just never landed. So I get. Well, that people are into it, but it was he never. He part
0: definitely of like strangled that though, because it was like. He did like a few things that were interesting and different, right? So he does Batman, Batman Returns, like the super Gothic version, he does uh, Nightmare, he does this film this movie in her hands. But then he like was like, okay. I'm just going to do this for 40 years (laughs) or 30 years (laughs) whatever I I can license this yeah great (laughs) and it it pays yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly
1: what what does he come out with lately what's his most recent movie? well he did the
0: Alice in Wonderland films which were garbage CGI films and made like a jillion dollars right because people
2: still like uh, Johnny Depp Um, he did the uh, what's that one with um, Amy Adams that I didn't actually see that looked kind of good Big
0: Eyes yeah I don't think it got, like, good ratings. Well, which and, just might be yeah. why I
2: skipped it, between that and Jordan yeah. hmm. But um, it, it at least looked like he was straying from his aesthetic a little bit in that one. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is a good move.
0: So he's he is the producer on Nightmare.
2: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: So he's also the producer on James and the Giant Peach, which I have, like, a, a soft spot in my heart for. I really like that film.
2: I remember liking it when I saw it. I've read the book, too, and the book is mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, and the film is different from the <clears> book, <throat> but in, in, like, a good way. I think it, okay. like, streamlines a lot of... Elements of, of okay. yeah. He also uh, directed Sleepy Hollow, which I really liked.
2: That was with Depp as well, right? That was with
0: Johnny Depp, yeah. Yeah. And Edward mm-hmm. Scissorhands, of course.
2: We're also with that Johnny up. Depp.
0: Um, right. I'm like so-so on Edward Scissorhands. A lot of people really like that film, too. I'm into it. Uh, the same like person who likes his other films likes <laughs> that. Exactly. Um, yeah. I liked the Sleepy Hollow, though. I thought it was like... I think I skipped it. It's It's like... Sort of like what I wanted, wanted the Meg to be, like okay. when we had this conversation like a couple weeks ago. You wanted ago. the
2: shark movie to be the horse movie?
0: Well, no, like it, it pushes violence in like weird okay. ways, in into like surprising ways, and like got it. Yeah, interesting. A very like dark movie. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: that that is his aesthetic. It's yeah. Weird. When's the last time you saw Batman? His Batman
0: movie. Ages ago.
2: OK. Because I yeah. remember I watched it like two or three years ago when it was on Netflix. It yeah. It was on Netflix for a brief period. It does not hold up. <laughs> like it's uh, I wouldn't <laughs> be
0: surprised by that at yeah,
2: all. Yeah. I mean, Batman Returns is still really good. The first one... Did you it, do both of those? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Batman Returns I think is just his best movie period.
0: Um, but, but that's also with the great Danny DeVito and um, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer yeah, as Catwoman. Michelle
2: Pfeiffer is the reason that movie is good. Yeah, <laughs> like she fucking kills it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one was really like it. It just felt like silly in a bad way, and it. Moved along really slowly. He's really obsessed. I think he's really obsessed with like costume and person reveals. Mm-hmm. And I, you see that movie do that like many, many times because you know it's a superhero movie, so there are many opportunities
0: for that. There wasn't a lot of model for superhero movies though, right. so they're definitely like still feeling it out when it comes to like the original Batman. Like, right. S- Superman's like a well established thing at this time, but Batman was like. So so it was like the a, a second territory, franchise, yeah.
2: right. right? And this would have been like contemporaneous with Frank Miller's Batman in the comics, and yeah. it would have been like well after the Adam West thing. So like there are yeah. many, and so you, you have many different versions of what Batman <laughs> can be available to him, and he like kind of pulled pieces of all of them together in a way that didn't necessarily make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just okay for
0: me. Bring it back to this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I uh, agree with you that I, I liked. So, what what I found confusing on Beetle this Beetlejuice watch through was like, okay, so we, we get the Alec Baldwin Gina Davis characters, yeah. they get killed, and then we introduce the New York uh, gentrifiers essentially, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know what's the term for like suburban gentrification.
2: I don't know. I wrote down '80s gentrification in my notes.
0: Which that's what this is, <laughs> yeah, right? Because it's like the suburbs something...
1: already super gentrified.
2: Yeah. To start well. well in far, it, it's like an economic. It's not a racial gentrification. Like that's how we think of gentrification along racial lines right now, and it's less that.
0: Well, it is that in that it's like, White people who are leaving the city—it's—it's it's the white flight half yes. of gentrification, right? But they're yeah. not
2: replacing.
0: It's white flight. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're
2: right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But yeah, if there's a theme in this movie, that is it.
0: Where it's like there's a nice rural community that's being invaded by New Outsiders. Yorkers who have money. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they are changing the community to be more like them. Yeah, with no dis- no regard and for what the integrity of the community is.
0: To me, that was like there's enough of an idea there that like, that that's is. that's all I need in in the movie. Yeah, and he,
2: that was the whole that
1: should have been the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It in wasn't really a satisfying resolution of that. Yeah, I he like.
1: didn't engage with the idea in a I mean some of it's implied because well, they like remodel the house back to the way it mm-hmm. was afterward and they kinda live in harmony. But like But it's that's only like implied, zipped
0: up totally off screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just it, like they never really and, address it. And the the New York uh, the people in flight are sort of uh, the the bad guys up until like very until they're not and then they're just like fine at the end Yeah, there's no resolution to the the main storyline
2: so like the great irony of this movie is that beetle just shouldn't be in it
0: yeah right like this (laughs) This it would have been been way
2: better if he just wasn't if he just wasn't in the movie at all he doesn't add anything he doesn't have anything to do with the story that they're telling about
1: that's true now that I think about it just every time he was there it just felt like the whole movie was being derailed, and I'm like, why? Why are we doing this?
2: Yeah, exactly. And it didn't add that much. The, I th- I thought the Michael Keaton's performance was really obnoxious. Like I, I didn't. Really purposely slow. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I get it. But yeah. there's a way to be obnoxious that's obnoxious to the characters, but like not <laughs> obnoxious to the audience. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, he's supposed to be like the charismatic center of this movie, and he's not. He was no, just like, he's, go
0: away. I think he's supposed to be the kind of like Looney Tunes tear in the film, where right, like. But, Something completely wacky and different comes in, and
2: but when that yeah. happens in Looney Tunes, you like it, right? Like when when yeah. you like you, you comes he's, along.
0: He's supposed to be Bugs Bunny, right? And yeah. we like Bugs Bunny. Yeah,
2: well, I don't like Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't like yeah. the character. Which is
0: funny because it's like the one thing people remember about this film, and it it has spawned like a ton of other mm-hmm. media too. There was yeah. like cartoons. There was a cartoon that we ran for four years. I watched it as a child. Okay, I remember watching it a lot and liking it. Um, is
2: this the, I, I meant to look this up beforehand and did not, but is this the first appearance of this character? Like, is this based on a property or is this the thing?
0: I'm pretty sure it's a totally original Yeah, Okay,
2: well, huh. to character. Burton's credit then, because that is a novel idea, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, I, I
1: had no idea Alec Baldwin was in this movie like, at all, and the, he's like the main, one of the main
0: characters. Yeah. yeah, it has a hell of a cast. That's true, yeah. it does. Uh, um, although I don't think everybody's used well. Um, Winona Ryder, for instance, actually do doesn't seem necessary to the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, well, <I> mean, <laughs> other than she can see the ghosts. Like, yeah, she's yeah. kind
2: of an audience surrogate, but really the audience surrogate is the couple.
0: Yeah, she's playing a, like a lamer version of her character from Heather's. Yeah, they're both like. Very also, I
1: I had a hard time believing that those movies were out in the same year because I think she looks much younger in this one. Yeah, she I does mean, look really like young. She's probably made up to look much younger, but still, it was yeah. surprising.
2: And she does. Well, and she's hanging around adults the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. Heathers, she's just around other
0: youths. I think <laughs> like the character in Heathers is much more like violent and outgoing and interesting because of that. She makes more and, choices. And here, she's just kind of like a lame, goth teen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But she's not the... like. Focus of the film, but maybe she should be because like, it is integral to the plot that like she can see the ghosts and her parents can't. Right, and like she becomes this. You but he, know, even bridge. that's not explained well. It's just that like she's different, and they so they literally explain it with she's strange and unusual, so yeah, before she can see. Well,
2: them. It, I, I think they they talk about like her paying attention because like they they don't they make a point of saying like the the handbook that they get doesn't say that living people cannot see ghosts. They say yeah. that they. Uh, like are not paying attention to ghosts or will not notice ghosts. It's
0: because she's an artist, right? Yeah, right? A photographer. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, and okay, fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's that's fine. Um, and I mean, I kind of like that. That it's not about like something supernatural. It's about like s- deciding to see the strange things that are around you. And, like that yeah. that bit of it worked for me. I think.
0: I think she's like a surrogate for Burton, right? Yeah. Where Burton. it's like Burton like sees himself as like a seer of odd things <laughs> and. Yeah, and she is also. That's like her, right? And and
2: and again, like that's an entry point for a lot of the target audience here, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, oh, I'm a weird kid too. If I were in a haunted house, yeah. I'd hang out with the ghosts and make friends with them. And it's like, yeah, for sure you would. And
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're Sorry. right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you agree. Um, uh, for me, uh, Catherine O'Hara like stole this film. Like, she, she's, she's much funnier and more interesting than Beetlejuice is. Just. She she comes in. She has like no care for history. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She's a terrible like modernist '80s artist. Uh, She's the
2: character most closely tied to what the themes of this movie should have been. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why she resonates most strongly because you can see how she how what she is doing connects with what
1: this movie is almost about. (laughs) I can kind of see what you mean by being obnoxious to the characters and not to the audience, because I guess she was more along those lines.
2: Right, yeah, exactly. It was fun when she was around. It was fun when she was, like, being this overbearing New Yorker.
0: And when something was, like, supposed to be terrifying to her, instead it's, like, a a cash-in opportunity to her. Like, she's uh, awful and, and much more interesting because of that. So, like, she's more awful, actually, than Beetlejuice is, who's, like...
2: Yeah, it's just like a jerk, I guess, or like noxious. Well, yeah, because we yeah.
0: expect him to be like terrible. Versus like, she comes in, kind of like turns things on on its mm-hmm. head, where she's like, she's she's an artist, but she's like awful, but she still like has a, a gallery. Uh, well, and she's as, uh,
2: she's initiating <laughs> momentum in the film, mm-hmm. right? Because she comes in and like she she finds the first conflict
0: and she tears everything down. Right,
2: yeah. right, yeah. and she she's the one that moves this movie forward. As opposed to Beetlejuice, who stops the movie, yeah. right? Like <laughs> as soon as he shows up, it's like, okay, now we have to sit here and watch all these antics for a while before we can get back to the stuff that we care about. Yeah, and yeah. like I think that's an an important distinction, right? Like you can be the villain, you can be the antagonist, and move the movie along, as opposed to what Beetlejuice does, where he just stops it for no reason.
0: Yeah, and you could have the uh, the ghost couple start to like. Edge towards like what Beetlejuice is doing because you have this like very innocent couple. Why not just like corrupt them mm-hmm. in in a way that like they become like evil? Right. Then that's like an interesting like arc for those characters. Yeah, and it feeds That'd right back in, in, Right, yeah. it feeds in back into the themes of gentrification.
2: Right, right, where you have these people that force the natives, if you will, into bad behavior. Yeah. by their own invasion. Right. Again, like the, this stuff would make sense. Instead, we have this character that doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, Catherine O'Hara is also the focal point of the best scene of the movie, which is when they're all singing the
0: banana song. Which is an iconic yes. scene. Yes, <laughs>
2: right. She kills it.
0: She's and what, so funny. What a... <laughs> crazy scene. Yes. It's totally off the walls. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I didn't know yeah. that scene existed so that it caught me off guard. Well, I'm I'm like what the hell is happening right now? And it's the best part of the movie. It's
0: not <laughs> is not initiated by Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's the ghosts the, no, Nothing the... good in this movie was because of Beetlejuice. Right. No. Yeah,
1: he just stops <laughs> fun things from happening.
0: Um, what a scene, though! Yeah, so it. it's it, it's so off the walls, like right, and yeah.
2: it, it's it's constructed so well too, right? Because you you have just like not everyone not understanding what's going on with the Catherine O'Hare character at first, but then one by one they each like start participating and they add little moves to their routine, and you it, you, you see them all like start collaborating together I and all this gov. stuff.
0: And, yeah, it's it's so. And well built. Totally defies expectations of the audience too. Yep. First, going into it, and then coming out of it, because like coming out of it, you're like, they're now gonna they're going to be terrified. Yeah, like your reaction is the reaction that the ghost couple has. Right. It's like any minute and now. Any minute now, they're going to scream, and yeah. then they don't, and It like completely like destroys your expectations right. for it, what's going to happen.
2: And feeds back but. into these other themes, right? Where like yep. y- you have the, the gentrifying people coming in and, and taking the culture, right? Like, yeah. a, a, about appropriation, where it's like, yeah. here's this thing, this, the, the intended effect of this thing is to be frightening, and no, it's something that we're gonna fetishize and sell, yep. right? And, again, the, I really, uh, the Which movie, is
0: such a great, interesting idea, Yes, right, right yeah. and I
2: really wish the movie had been more focused on that, because- well, it is, are you saying foreign cultures are supposed to be terrifying? No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're not understanding the intent of what, or the role of it in its original place, mm-hmm. right? In this case, it's supposed to be terrifying, right? But in another case, it's supposed to be whatever it's supposed to be. The people coming into it have no understanding of it, no context for it,
0: and and also that they're like, they're enjoying it in a way that like, if you go on like a tour of some foreign land, like to them, it's fun and exciting and new, right? And, yeah. yeah where like the intent is totally different. Yeah. Or the yeah. effect. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: For the people that actually live it. Yeah. Um, so again, it's, when
0: when the movie is the, they're sightseeing in a way that's like it's tourism. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. 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 yeah
2: exactly. So like, so when the movie is engaging with those ideas, and I think sometimes it is, it's so much better. And I wish that. That Burton had seen that or released that.
0: Part of this is like, the, so the, apparently the script went through like a lot of iteration, okay. And originally it was just like more of a straight up horror film, like it's not scary. Yeah. yeah so apparently. originally, apparently, yeah. apparently from what I read, like um, you actually like see the deaths of the couple, and it's like a bit more gruesome. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Beetle, the presentation of Beetlejuice was meant to be like more terrifying. Like he was more like demon-like in the okay. original thing, like on the order of like Hellraiser kind no. of. No, all right. Yeah, that would be creepy. Yeah. Um, whereas like the comedic tone was like a late addition to this film, actually. Apparently, so weird because yeah. I think in like was... a later iteration of the script. I yeah. think this is just a comedy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like the,
2: I don't even really think of it as a horror film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some spooky scene and some things are a little gruesome I guess yeah but not many right? for,
0: for kids it would like there are elements here that are, would be scary yeah and which is have...
1: like no, nothing scary happens for a while and then suddenly they try to they make their first attempts at scaring the family out of their house right and so they like come across uh, Gina Davis in the closet and hanged and she like takes her face off and there's a loud sound right and that just right. came out of nowhere I didn't yeah. expect that yeah it's a bit of a jump right yeah yeah
0: and I, this is, like, an odd... There's an odd, like, theme of this in 80s movies where there's, mm. like... There doesn't seem to be, like, a clear age intention to the audience. Because I remember, like, watching this as a kid, and... That's when I saw it. There are, like... There are, really like, real horror elements in this film. and the, It seems like I, something I'd be bothered by as a kid. Yeah, understandably, yeah. yeah. And I connect that with films like Labyrinth or... Um, Witches or the Dark Crystal, even yeah, like, like
2: has some creepy shit now.
0: There's really yeah. creepy stuff in it. Wh- <laughs> witches is actually like still straight up scary. Like there are yeah. scenes that are scary. Yeah. Witches. Um, there's something going on in the '80s where there's just like no differentiation between like children's media and. Adult like horror films. <laughs> yeah, because even on, on Amazon, because I
2: rented this on Amazon, it still classified as a kids movie. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. It, I was like, really? It's <laughs> like eh, maybe.
0: It, it's probably the like existence or non-existence of like PG thirteen, where there's yes. just like mm-hmm. no differentiation between like what was clearly intended to be a kid movie and like what's intended to be an adult movie. Yeah. Like, I'm the, the other
2: place you'll uh, actually I have a story about this because I used to work at a movie rental store. Yeah. And we would show movies on the TVs that were there. And would, if you were the guy working, you got to pick what movies there were. They just had to be PG. You couldn't show anything above PG. So I was like, all right, airplane. Airplane's rated PG. Yeah. So I, I pop in airplane. The
0: graduate's rated G. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. I could have put that in.
2: <laughs> um, so I was like, airplane's funny. Like, you can come in and out of it. Great. Let's do airplane. So I pop airplane into the movie. It turns out that there's a scene. Have you seen airplane? I have. Okay. So you may remember then that there is a sequence in airplane when they tell people to assume the crash position and they like go crazy all over the plane and they like throw their stuff around. Well, during that scene a lady flashes her boobs across the screen like definitely like right in front of the camera, definitely where you can see it and then runs back and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not PG content. (laughs) You can't show that here. Um, So yes, you're absolutely right. I think the absence of PG-13 is a culprit here. There's
0: something specific to the 80s though where like horror films were for kids also. Like, sure. That's so weird. Or there's like man. kids, there's stuff that's like intended for a children's audience that has horror elements to it. Right. Like kids and, horror. Because yeah. like, I
2: don't think any adult would watch this movie and be scared by it. But yeah, a kid
0: would. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what that means about the 80s. I guess <laughs> like, just that like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, it's a. It's a definitely time. a theme like within the '80s, though specific to like it's a very gothic. Mm. uh, They're drawing from like very gothic things, and I, that I don't know.
1: '80s weird. I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: it is. But yeah, I don't know
2: why. I, I also don't know why it manifests that, other than like just the broad diagnosis of the '80s as a time when the the economy is collapsing, and you know, Reagan is in power, and there's. There's a you know, flight the
0: to Crash. the suburbs where everything is supposed to be safe, which we kind of we spoke about on like the Freddy Krueger yes. episode. Yes, yes. So like, this
2: idea that crime is everywhere, right? But that that would show up in children's media is peculiar. I I concur. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, what do we think of the effects in this movie? There were a variety. <laughs>
0: Uh, it was a bit I mean, hit or sure. miss, I
2: would say, right? Yeah, I agree.
1: Like, I mean, there were some that were fun and you could, I mean, you could tell they were claymation, but they were also good. <clears throat> and there were some that were very obviously claymation and that were pretty St- bad. Like, stop
0: motion, but...
1: Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. They, they look like they were made of clay, though. That's kind of At times, I mean. yeah. Um, but yeah, stop motion. There's still...
0: The problem with claymation is, like, uh, clay has a very hard time, like, holding itself up. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so a lot of the time it's, like, puppets with, like, internal wiring, and that kind of, like, differentiates claymation and stop motion. Okay. Which uh, is which? So, so we, Beetlejuice has stop motion effects, whereas, like, Gumby is closer to, Gumby is claymation. Okay. So you can think of, like, claymation as, like, Gumby. Got it. Versus, like, King Kong, the original King Kong. that we saw, motion. That's stop motion. Okay. Because okay. it's, like, they're, like, usually nylon or some sort of plastic puppet that has, like, an internal wiring or skeletal structure. Okay. So, yeah. so
2: but, but Gumby is still shot using stop motion techniques, right, where you, like, have your clay guy. The technique is the same. Okay. Yeah. So it's the... It's, mod, it's you're, the you're talking media. talking about a distinction It's between. the media, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: And most most filmmakers are not going to use clay because it doesn't yeah. ha- hold its shape well. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I yeah. It. I
1: mean, there were some parts where it was just, like, kind of cheesy makeup and it was fun, right, and it fit the cheesy tone of the movie. Uh, And then, you know, some of the face effects I thought were pretty good, like the scene I described before where she rips her face off and there's a loud scream, right? I thought that was a fun effect. Or when they, like, stretch their faces out in a gooky way, you know? Yeah. Um, But then there were some scenes where it kind of took me out of it, like when uh, Beetlejuice became a giant snake uh, or when they went into the sandworm realm. I don't know what the hell that was. It was Saturn. I think this.
0: I think there was so a the throwaway Saturn. Yeah, there yeah. was a throwaway line where they. Yeah, they. Which is like their Saturn. limbo.
1: Sure. Yeah. Apparently. But like, yeah. Again, I, I guess just the animators like, there are just really bad at snakes or something.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, so part of this is apparently the film's effects are like bad on purpose. Yeah. Okay. So Burton was apparently like very inspired by like B movie effects. And so, of the film's like $15 million budget, they only dedicated $1 million to the effects. And it's usually like almost two thirds, one thirds, or like half. A- Nowadays, it's like two thirds effects, one third <laughs> everything else. Yes. Yeah. Um, one third Chris Evans' salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One third marketing So, So, they're bad on purpose. Um, and they're inspired by like older films. So, they're trying to like capture like, an era where mm-hmm. the like effects like don't look very good. Yeah, and there's yeah.
2: like a German expressionist influence here with the times. art. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. when they go to the whatever the alternate world. Dimension.
0: Yeah, also the the when the her like models like come alive and they're yeah. like that that creature that effect true. I liked. Yeah. I like, cuz they like they're standing on one end and then they like turn over and they walk on the other. Kind of, a, yeah, it had people.
1: a kind of thing vibe to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yes. Yeah, I like that. A lot. I was like, I wish there was more of that. I thought it was imaginative that
1: they made the base of like the moose antler sculpture, the head. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. Out. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're right. It did feel like the thing, which is obviously just a high watermark for these kind of effects. Yeah. Um, that said, that ending sequence, I really didn't like it. Like the, those effects were good, but like from a narrative perspective, like how it functioned in the film, like that was the the worst part of the movie. I think like it yeah I didn't I didn't
1: really understand what was going on there yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah (laughs) yeah, they just just kind of went into it and it's like I don't know I guess it's spirit realm rules or something for whatever was happening but it didn't really yeah they did
2: well because Tim Burton I think is kind of obsessed with not making sense right a lot of his movies are about like absurdist things and like here's this this thing and and I think this is like that at its worst right where it doesn't make sense in a way that's just confusing for the audience and like pulls you out of what's going on because you don't understand what's happening as opposed to something that feels you know enticing and it's in it's mystery right like this is just alienating
0: which is why he's like probably like the worst person to do Alice in Wonderland films because like you should be chasing towards. <laughs> let's make this kooky thing make sense. Yeah. Whereas he's like, oh, it doesn't make sense anyway. So let's like make that that's more it. extreme. <laughs> so it's like even more alienating. Right. Cause the, yeah.
2: The cool thing that the book does there yeah. is it presents you with something crazy and then explains why the crazy thing is not. Yeah. Right.
0: And like, it grounds you in, with Alice. Right.
2: Right. And like that's what's cool about it that it does make sense.
0: Or do or do like the this Spankmeier version of Alice in Wonderland where you just like askew language at all. Yeah. And and then it's just like, it's right. t- t- totally wide open. Yeah, because like, what's oh. the... Um, like, there's that great
2: line from the book where uh, Alice says, like, she doesn't know how to... She, she doesn't know where she is. And the guy says, well, where are you trying to go? And she says she doesn't know. And the guy says, "It doesn't. Then it doesn't matter where you are." Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, wait a minute—that's that's a crazy response, but also kind of true. And right? why
0: the Disney version so good? Right. Because like Al, Alice is so well grounded in that version. Like you really sympathize with her right. plight. Uh, yeah, and it, as, as a young person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, I think yeah,
2: that's a good read yeah. of, of Alice in Wonderland. And I um, think, but the, that, but
0: that's what's happening in that last scene, right? Because it's like the really kitchen sink uh, storytelling, where it's just like. Beetlejuice and the ghost couple. The ghost couple's dying and all the sculptures come alive. and, and they're getting and married. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, we don't know why. We don't know, like. And then he yeah. opens up in like,
1: yeah. the wall. Yeah. I could tell yeah. that it yeah. was supposed to be, like, the climactic scene just based on how it was edited and sure. how what? it felt and stuff like that. But at the same time, it didn't really, I didn't have that visceral, like, this is a climactic moment feeling. It's just like, oh, things are happening. Yeah, well, cool.
2: uh, one of the reasons for that, I think, is that. It doesn't, what happens in the climax doesn't tie back to anything else that happened in the movie. Yeah. There's
0: no, And there's no attempt to explain to the viewer why all of this is happening. Yeah. Versus like, uh, I think like Wayne's World, for all of its faults, um, still like tries to explain like, well this is, like they go really fast yeah. through it, but it's like funny and they mm-hmm. explain like kind of what's happening yeah, at well, the
2: end. Yeah, and it, it helps that Wayne, Wayne's World is just funnier than this
0: movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but there's a certain like acceleration to Wayne's World like this movie yeah. where it's like, and suddenly it's over. But like in that suddenly moment, they like explain everything.
1: Yeah, where it fits uh, with, it's, with the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think you can compare that closing the climactic sequence when to the sequence when Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin go to hell or whatever the afterlife world is, because there they still have these same crazy kind of elements. But there is kind of a dream logic to it, right? You know, like you, you can see like how this is sequenced in a way that makes some kind of sense. And
0: yeah. So much more interesting than the Beetlejuice version yeah. of the afterworld. Because it's like, oh, you know, it's this terrible bureaucracy. There's this woman who's like kind of this uh, like manager. She does a good job of explaining what's happening to the main character. So like even though it's crazy, like she grounds it in like this doesn't make sense, but here's what's happening. Right.
1: It's fun to see all the dead people and try to figure out how they died. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, like, instead of just, like, here's a crazy dude that's gonna marry them now. Yeah.
1: Like, it it
0: (laughs)
2: means something.
0: Uh, I forget the woman that plays the, the, like, the undead manager. Right. She's, like, the, chief whatever of the undead. <laughs> yes. She's great, yeah. though, and if you, it's very small, great detail. It's her neck has been yes. slit, and when she's smoking, yeah. all the smoke comes out of I the saw that I next. didn't notice that, the neck actually. Slit. I yeah. was
1: looking for something, and she looked pretty clean. Uh, yeah, yeah, that I was a, didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice until she started smoking. But and,
0: so and there's whatever. a lot of like yeah. great visual jokes. Yeah. The, there's like the flattened guy, and like. Right, the, how do I look? And the waiting room is like very interesting, and like it It feels like a in you know, a like a closed idea right, right well, and yeah. it
2: feels like yeah. the other people in that yeah. world do understand what's going on, yeah, right, whereas you you are then placed in the position of Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis as the outsider of this world in this world, where yeah. everything seems to make sense, but there is an unknowable order to it, yeah, which is an Alice in Wonderland type of fact, yes, mm-hmm. as opposed to the climactic sequence where nobody knows what's going on and you don't get the sense of there being yeah. an unknowable order, but just randomness.
1: Although yeah. I'm trying to think of like how we got to that point in the movie and it still does kind of tie into the themes that we were talking about before because like we get to that point because they're like designer, like they gay designer Opho. advisor guy. Um, Thinks that he understands the paranormal, right? Yeah. And so he yeah. starts chanting the ritual that causes them to appear in their wedding outfits, yeah, because they want to like get these ghosts out to capitalize on them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what causes the daughter to call for Beetlejuice to help them, and what gets them into that whole climactic scene. So I guess. It still does sort of tie into it in that that's why all those problems happen.
2: Yeah, you're, you're correct, um, but this is just another problem of the Beetlejuice character, right? Because that all does make sense until Beetlejuice shows up. Yep. <laughs> you're right.
0: Yeah, right. Like he doesn't. And then have, oh, here we go. It's yeah. unclear why he would help versus like the manager woman from the underworld. Well, she's like, too
1: busy. She's got too many clients. I yeah, guess. but she's
0: <laughs> she's way more interesting as a character. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. And yeah. and
1: she it, like her role
2: within the story is more meaningful and again, simply makes more sense. Yeah. Whereas how Beetlejuice fits into the movie thematically is, isn't clear to me. Like well, how, how he fits into this story about white flight and gentrification isn't, it isn't there. Nope. And so when he shows up at the very climactic moment that's bringing together all these themes, it falls flat. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're correct, though that that is the right they way. They tried. Read that or, yeah, <laughs> there was read an that an no, sequence. It, yeah.
0: it makes much more sense that like the children's cartoon, the focal point of that was on Beetlejuice, right? Because it applies so much better to a cartoon world where mm-hmm. you know you have a twelve minute story or whatever, and you just need some kooky stuff to happen for kids, right? <laughs> right. Uh, in like a slightly gothic setting. <laughs> And that, that like makes a lot more sense. This, here, it's just like added on as like a layer that is not necessary. Right, yeah, yeah. it should've just been uh, yeah. the,
2: the same movie without Beetlejuice. Um, I was reminded of, what was that Nicole Kidman movie um, with the ghosts, where they're trying to ex- exercise the ghosts from their haunted house that they, The Others, have you seen The Others? I don't think so. Oh, you'd probably like it, it's good, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, the the serious adult version of this movie, Uh, okay, (laughs) and and it actually works pretty well. Is it It, actually scary? Yes, yes, it is (laughs) definitely, Um, and also very good. One of the great reveals I've seen, period. Um, So that one's worth seeing. But yeah, you should check it out if you haven't seen it. It's like this movie only for real. Okay. Yeah. Um, So what do we? we, You brought up the Ortho character. How do we feel about him? Like it it was a lot of gay stereotyping, I think. It's a very feels, common '80s thing again? Feels very '80s to me. Like <laughs> I think that's pr- maybe the element that has aged least well. Yeah. In this movie,
0: that actor was also, I think, in real life treated quite poorly. That I think poor. I remember reading that, like oh, yeah. he
2: like during the production of this film or just no, no just his general, throughout his career
0: was not treated well. And I think he ended up killing himself. Oh geez, like, really? If I remember correctly, that's or he died in some way. But he like his life is not. Is like a, His real life is like a tragic
2: oh, story. that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and the, the guy that plays the gentrifying father here was the principal in yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yes. Didn't he work out to actually be a pedophile? He didn't just look like a I pedophile? I thought I heard about that. I think you're that. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's a few tortured.
0: He's also another here. kind of unnecessary character where he's just kind of like pussing around the house and like, doesn't have Yeah, but you can deal. tell he's involved
1: in real estate, right? He's talking about buying up the whole town because yeah. they don't know what it's worth literally, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like fucking Mr. Uh, – it's the guy from What's a Wonderful Life. It's like that guy.
0: Yeah, the banker. Yeah, Potter, um, Mr. Potter. He's definitely like the D or E plot of this movie, though, where it's like <laughs>
2: – he's the, You need an excuse for there. the Captain O'Hara character to show up, Yeah, and that's why he's here. That's
0: it. But then, then therefore, like, why have him, right? Like, she could be independently wealthy as an artist and just, like, center it on her. Her and her, If, um, if anything, it's, like, much more interesting that she just, like...
1: She's a single mother, right? Brings along Yeah, but he's not yeah. there enough to, like, feel like he's weighing down the movie on No, the no, not at all. So. You're,
0: you're right, there. Yeah. But I was just, like, whenever I'm with that character, I'm like, I don't, I don't what know I what don't. to do with this <laughs> yeah. other than he's just kind of, like, some, like... 80s dipshit, business guy. <laughs> he is that. Yeah, um, I really liked his boss, uh, the, the Robert Goulet Much, m- much more interesting. <laughs> yeah,
2: was, he had like this voice, like his this manner of speech that just felt like. It, 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 like he was like the '80s guy from that episode of Futurama. Yes. Right. It's like it was like if oh, that the, guy,
1: the Wall Street parody business guy. Yeah,
2: Mr. Bonidas. That, <laughs> that one. Yeah. It's like that's that dude right there. Uh, so I liked him a lot.
0: I like him a lot too, and I think he makes more sense interacting directly with the Catherine O'Hara sure. character. It's actually like a pretty good critique of like contemporary art in the '80s, because what happened was. I don't know the exact history so I'm, I'm like vamping a little bit but my, under, my understanding is the tax laws changed dramatically in the 80s because Reagan was in and yeah. such that you started to be able to like buy art and then like donate it to oh, okay. institutions or something um, so then there was this like mad rush to like buy a bunch of contemporary art during during Weird. that time period and it produced a lot of like really terrible contemporary like modern artists. because quickly yeah mm-hmm. and so Catherine O'Hare is like a great like kind of critique of like what's happening in art at that moment
2: that's really interesting um,
0: they, they don't follow through on it well enough because she's like she's like not selling according to like her gallerist or something but her, I don't know her like agent the, yeah her agent um, <laughs> but that like I, I found that critique like amusing and I wish they'd done like a little more about that. And part of the reason is like her husband is in the picture. We just got rid of that character and focus <laughs> on like her story. There's a lot that needs to be trimmed out of this movie, which is this is a Tim Burton movie. It's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. It sure is. Um, but I I found that really funny it just as like a loose student of art history. I did not
2: know that about Reagan, that's interesting. Yeah. Or Reagan's tax policy. I should
0: research that a little more so I can speak more authoritatively on it. But that's my understanding of like kind of what happened mm-hmm. yeah
1: I, I did find their architectural additions to the house to be like hilariously Observes. representational of that style yeah. of art so good yeah. Yeah. yeah but I actually I actually good. dig that aesthetic so but okay. I just well, thought it was
0: really funny how perfectly done it was yeah well, I, I think yeah. that's something that it, that's it was a really funny visual joke yeah because yeah. you have this like contemporary like Bizarre contemporary addition to like this beautiful like country house. It's in Connecticut, but it's really in reality it's in Vermont. Yeah, Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's something that Tim Burton does well on a pretty regular basis is design, like buildings and sets, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're often
0: and characters that are like interesting, right? Yeah,
2: character designs as well. But like, I think that that's a strength of his, right? And I think that here you see an example of that design also feeding back into what the movie's about right like it's not just a crazy looking house right like yeah. it's a it's a crazy looking house that also says like these people are out of place all right which is what
1: yeah because it clearly looks ridiculous in the middle of this like idyllic rural town right exactly
0: yeah Where's i think a good contrast point to burton is uh del toro Guillermo yes. del toro um good yeah del toro right. very similar art style this is gothic, very intricate designs, mm-hmm. um, both in architecture and character design. He has ideas, though. Yeah. He has one idea <laughs> that he, like, sticks to. Yep. And he's not successful in, in every film, but he's more, more often than not, yeah, he's earnest. He has a sincere yeah. thing that he, like, wants to say in every film. Mm-hmm. And he, d- he does a good job of, like, focusing on that one thing. Yeah, that's a great comparison. um, Pan's Labyrinth is a really good example. That's his best film, though. But Pacific Rim, you know, it's... Yeah, shape of yeah. water
2: that we all just saw recently. Shape of
0: water, yeah. Even the Hellboy series is visually amazing, but kind of strays a lot, and that's where you see like issues in mm-hmm. Del Toro. It's that's like the closest mm-hmm. to like a Tim Burton film is Hellboy.
2: Right, and, and what do you know? It's his, it's a, the franchise movie that he made. Yeah, right. It's the one where where he doesn't have complete control over it. And I think what you see with Tim Burton, especially later in his career, the franchise he buys into is the Tim Burton franchise. Right. You see, <laughs> it's, seriously, right? Like you see him with all his his merchandising at. Uh, hot topic. You see, yep. you know, essentially just sequels to, to Nightmare Before or Nightmare whatever the fuck the Nightmare movie Nightmare Christmas Corpse movie Bride, is. right? With Corpse Bride, not and, a
0: direct sequel, but a thematic, thematic sequel, and yeah. and
2: aesthetic sequel, yeah, right. And yeah, it, so it's it doesn't become about the ideas; it becomes about. The texture of the ideas. Yeah, it becomes about the aesthetic. Feeling. Yes, we have like feeling like the idea, but not actually being anything.
0: Same with um, the Leica film studios. Yeah, um, uh, Coraline, very comparable to like a Tim Burton film. Mm-hmm. So much more engrossing, though. It's you know about the whole, like the terror of growing up. And
1: there was probably a point where I yeah. was surprised to find out it wasn't a Tim Burton film. Yeah. It's got such a similar aesthetic. Because yeah.
2: yeah. if you just look at the poster, you you yeah. think that, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but they're making a full movie. Yeah, exactly.
0: Or exactly. Kubo too. You know? Yeah. The sense of like loss as a child, like when you lose something as a child, and there's so, such a strong focus on that theme within the film.
2: Right, and that's just like. I think there's sometimes this idea that you need your movie to either, to to sometimes say a lot of things, right? And I think that 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 could be the problem here as well, right? Like that he's talking about white flight and gentrification and death and loss and growing up if you're the Winona Ryder character and like art and selling art, like, and you compare that to a del Toro where he picks an idea, right, and just stays laser focused on the yeah
0: del, del toro i've I, I, I um i really like pacific ram i think it's one of my favorite films the last 20 years sure. even but it, such an interesting idea right because he's like well what what if these like goofy monsters like actually <laughs> up. attacked right yeah, yeah and it, like treats it in like a very serious way right it's it's still you know it, it's not meant to be like a life-changing film but it's like very thoughtful and like oh, well, you know, here's how the monsters would look. And this is like, if we had to solve the problem in this one specific way, even though it doesn't make sense, <laughs> if, we just, if we just stick to it and treat it sincerely, it works as a film, and and Yeah, it's yeah. a
1: well-constructed universe. That's part of what yeah. like, was so appealing about it, right? right?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and he didn't go into it saying, I want to make a movie with cool robots, right? He, like the cool robots were almost incidental to the idea of, I want to make an effective movie or, about this thing.
0: Y- y- he, y- yes, and he studied. a a history of media that dealt with similar ideas and and drew on those ideas Mm -hmm. in a thoughtful way and did something new with it yeah yeah
2: yeah as opposed to tim burton who's drawing who's studying the ideas of tim burton and drawing on those ideas in the same way well
0: no he's just drawing from all over and and doesn't have like a a focus right yeah Yeah, also that yeah
1: yeah especially this
0: this is the problem when like you bank a film really early in your career mm-hmm. and then nobody says no to you forever. Yeah. Um,
2: also known as the Kevin Smith problem. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: finally people have started to say no to him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Like Kevin Smith is like a good comparison point where it was like, you made like a jillion dollars off this one film. So that, like, okay, now go do whatever you want. Sometimes it turns out really well and then other times it's like, yeah, it, well, I mean, there's, got there's not a guarantee to like repeat that. Yeah.
2: I, like it yeah. worked out well for Tarantino. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I'm not sure who else in recent history. Um, the the list is short, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, very yeah, well, right. few
1: people earn that blank check, right?
2: Right. That's, that's in the so first place. Right. It's hard to have a smash hit right off the gates. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Like uh, James Cameron would be a good, probably good example. Yeah. In um, the Scott brothers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: yeah, that's true. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Any uh, any closing thoughts on, on uh, Beetlejuice?
1: No. Still surprised how much I liked it. Okay, I'm glad Despite you liked it. Despite the concerns, and I, yeah. I, I didn't.
2: I, I don't want to be too down on it. Like I, I didn't hate the movie. There's plenty yeah. of, of it that I enjoyed, and I just wish that it had had a different director. Frankly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm in the same place. Like a, a lot, I like a lot of the things that are happening in this film. Yeah. And. I'm really surprised at like the cultural legacy of this film. Okay. Well, I,
2: at the time, there wasn't really anything else that looked like it, right? Again, yeah, you're Again, right. to yeah. Tim Burton's credit, right? yeah. like that makes this a very novel. How early track. in his career was this? It's this was, at,
0: it's post Batman, so like. All oh, right.
2: No, it isn't. It was right before Batman. Bat, oh, yeah. Wasn't Batman '89, mm, and this was '88.
0: I thought he got this because Batman was like a huge success. I think it might have been the other way around.
1: Uh, yeah, Batman was '89. This was '88.
0: Hmm. Maybe this is why he got Batman. Yeah, that's what, that's I, what I think.
1: Is this like the start of his aesthetic? Was this his initial hit?
2: I think it might have been. Yeah, that would that would make sense to me. Because, um,
1: yeah, Batman, this, this is... This is our villain backstory.
2: <laughs> his origin story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it's... Uh, let's see.
0: Sorry, launched. I'm just looking at the timeline. Did Edward Scissorhands come out before this, though?
2: I thought that was like 90, but I'm not actually sure. I've I not paid enough uh, attention. You're to right, timber. it's no. 90. Yeah.
0: Okay, so maybe this is what really puts him on the map here. Yeah,
2: and, and I get it, right? Because yeah. this looks like a promising movie. It's like here's a guy with that has a weird aesthetic, and yeah. like he's, really, you know, marshaling something original here and making a bunch of money doing it. Yes, let's let him write his blank check. You know, I get that.
0: Yep. And Del Toro has like a really similar career arc. Sure. Shape. So he's like a really good comparison point here.
2: We, and that's a career right. arc pretty common at, at yeah. uh, directors that came up in the late '80s, early '90s, yeah. right? Because you, you see like that that's when it became easier for people that to, to enter movies for directors to enter film, um, and it became a little bit more democratic for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he needs a product of that, and you know more power to him. All right. All right. Um, so in any in any way any case, we'll be back um, shortly with Things We've Seen. See you soon.
0: And we're back with Things We've Seen. Uh, Wilson, you're going to go first this week.
2: I am going to go first this week. Um, so I saw a comedy uh, this week called Support the Girls. Um, it's gotten a medium amount of buzz um, recently. I, think I saw it on
0: my Alamo Drafthouse newsletter.
1: There, there
2: you go, <laughs> I saw it at the Alamo Drafthouse. So. <laughs> I must have go. missed
0: that. I did see that they're opening up a VHS store. Right? Yes, so, I saw
2: that, it's yeah. there. It's still under- Not post- to
0: buy, yeah. off-track you here, no, but- No, that's fine, because yeah.
2: it was under construction when I was there this weekend, um, but they still had like a little kiosk where you could see the stuff that they were gonna rent. Um, and it's neat. It's, just, uh, it's cool that that exists. I'm excited
0: for that. I wish I was living closer to the I'm 20 Alma. minutes away, so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's great for right. me. Um, um, but I saw Support the Girls, uh, yeah. same
2: guy that directed uh, Computer Chess that you saw. I'm mm, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, this movie is... I still haven't seen Computer Chess, but based on your description of it. Uh, similar and different in important ways. Uh, the, it takes place at like, a Hooters equivalent restaurant. Um, so it's this... Kind of a day in the life story. It centers around the manager of this restaurant, played by Regina Hall, um, and how she is it, like she she ends up getting she ends up losing her job like halfway through the movie. And it's about like the build up to that moment. Um, but what I like about it is that if it's funny and it feels like this kind of not quite a plotless movie, but a quietly plotted movie. So the hmm. big events don't feel like big events, right? Like it just feels like here's, a, here's one more thing that this woman has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing that throws a wrench in really pretty basic plans about how to get through your day-to-day life. Um, it stars Haley Lou Richardson in, well not stars, but Haley Lou, Rich, Lou Richardson is in a supporting role. Um, she was in um, Columbus, which I liked a lot last year, um, and also in Split, which I did not like as much last year. <laughs> um, but she is working out to be a pretty versatile young actress. Um, she plays, like, the really perky girl that uh, works at this hooter bar. Um, it's a slice-of-life story. It's an examination of a very specific so- subculture.
0: It also has to do with... So far, this tracks with the computer chess. Okay, yeah.
2: It, yeah. It, 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 to me, it feels more grounded than what you were describing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this movie doesn't, like, have a crazy thing at the end. Like, it, it ends with them just, like, hanging out on a roof, having all lost their jobs, and, like... Interviewing at the huge chain that put that nearly put him out of business, right? And like, so it's this very kind of humanist take on uh, on, on this slice of life comedy type of story, but also from a decidedly female perspective, um, which is welcome and and well observed here. Um, so I I liked it a lot. Like, I, I think it's worth seeing. It's a movie that doesn't, you know, hit you. It, I mean, it hits you hard, but it doesn't seem like a big movie because it's dealing with these small ideas. Um, are small moments, but it makes them feel important, and uh, it it builds a lot of character in you know a ninety-minute space. Um, so the movie's called Support the Girls. I think the pun is intentional, um, and, and you should go check it out. If you know, you, th- if
1: your you description sort of reminded me of eighth grade because my impression sure. of eighth grade was that about eighty percent of it. Was stuff happening in her life that's important, but didn't feel like big, huge moments like you normally would encounter in like a uh, Hollywood drama. Yeah, which I thought was interesting about that one. It felt very naturalistic in that way, and right, sounds similar and, to your description here. And
2: that's just it. Like a, a person losing their their shitty bartending job at this this Hooters restaurant in the large scheme of things, not that big a deal, especially when there's an equivalent restaurant across the street, right, where they can go and get another job. But this like, brings you down to what it means for this character, right? Mm-hmm. And what it means for this character, not just to lose their job, but to be separated from the community that they're in, right? Because they, yeah. they, they do a lot to show that this is you know, a, a group of people that have grown closer together while being in a similar situation, mm-hmm. while acknowledging that their boss is an asshole, and that kind yeah. of stuff. Stuff everybody can identify with, I think. Um, So, yeah, it's a a crisp 90 minutes. It's a funny movie. Um, Regina Hall kills it. Like, she's just centers this this movie in a a, a really important way. Um, So, yeah, it's called uh, Support the Girls. Go check it out. What did you see, uh, Charles? Something good?
1: I saw Crazy Rich Asians, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to see it because I'm not too into, like, romantic comedies and that sort of deal. But I figured... You know, it's kind of an important moment for my people. (laughs) And, uh,
0: you know, I wanted to go and support the movie. This is like a top to bottom Asian production, right? I believe so,
1: but importantly, it's also like American Asian made, not like a movie from China. Although it's about Singapore, right? It's about like Chinese people in Singapore, yeah. Um, So I have a very mixed reaction to this movie, I guess, (laughs) because I might have too many expectations for this kind of movie going into it since, I mean, there's so few movies featuring a lot of Asian and, and Asian-American people in it, right? So all my hopes and dreams are kind of heaped onto this one. But, like, you know, it's not really a movie about anything or not. It's not that closely tied to things that I've experienced because, like, it centers around this Asian-American woman who's getting married to um, someone who's closer tied, more closely tied to his Chinese culture, Right. And that's not something I've had to deal with yet. Uh, (laughs) um, But, like, you know, I can see elements of things that I can uh, identify with. It's something that I appreciated more when I thought about it more uh, after it was over, rather than something that I viscerally identified with during the movie. Um, so initially I felt a bit disappointed in that regard, but I've appreciated it more the more I've thought about it because they talk a lot about how like, American culture values following your passions whereas Asian culture values putting your family first and things like that. Collective versus individual. Yeah, and so the whole like conflict is how the main character can kind of put those two things together um, and kind of get a win-win situation uh, and like marry... Uh, her boyfriend and not have him lose his family in the process and that kind of thing, right? Um, There's a very good climactic scene where they play Mahjong and I actually read a whole article detailing all the different elements of symbolism. I heard about this. uh, In that scene and like I got the idea despite not knowing how to play Mahjong during the scene, um, but reading about all the little details and all the little symbolisms in that scene afterward, really opened my eyes to how brilliantly constructed it was. And it's not explained in the movie, which I think mm-hmm. is a strength, because it feels less like fetishizing of the culture, I guess, because it's just how it is.
2: Right. And it's like assuming knowledge. On the, it's giving the audience credit for knowledge. Yeah, not something like that, that right?
1: Yeah. Um, and that feels more culturally uh, genuine. Yeah. Um, So things like that um, I felt I could identify with. Or, like, there's a scene where they they make wontons. They make dumplings, right? Uh, And while I haven't made it myself, I've definitely watched my parents make a lot of those. Um, So I could kind of identify with the sort of, like,
0: culture of that. The signifiers. Sorry? The signifiers.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Now, there's definitely other problems I had with the movie. Like, I felt like it was too much about their richness, so th- it is crazy rich Asians, and they are extremely, extremely wealthy, um, an extremely wealthy family that she's marrying into. Mm. Um, and so a lot of it is the spectacle of how wealthy they are, right? And I felt like the elements of Asian culture are kind of lost within that because obviously most Chinese people aren't that wealthy, right? And so no like, <laughs> it's very hard to identify with it when even the even the underdog family that she kind of stays with. Like, it's a former roommate. It's the Aquafina character. Um, She's, like, supposed to be the underdog. um, And she's still super rich. Like, they still have a mansion, like, (laughs) fancy dresses in it. Super rich. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it was kind of weird to see that. It was a bit overemphasized, um, just seeing all the blatant displays of wealth and things like that, that. I think
2: yeah, that's just was weird. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie yet, despite it really being a huge hit. Yeah, um, and that's why, like, I I'm not sure World I wanted
0: to. the box office two weekends in a row. Yeah,
2: and mm. I mean they I'm weekends, happy
0: it's done still, well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I am too. Uh, but like, the reason I've been slow to get to it is that reason. Like, I don't know if I wanted to see a bunch of like ostentatious displays of wealth for you know an hour forty or
1: whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah. that was a little peculiar <laughs> to deal with. Now, I mean. The main character is definitely not wealthy. She has a single mother and had to kind of make a name for herself, and she's a professor and things like that. Um, But it it was a bit strange to see her, like, contend with this world while I was hoping for more of, like, a cultural sort of understanding, right? Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of both, but, yeah, too much wealthiness, I think. Was it funny? It
2: was supposed to be a comedy, right?
1: Um, I thought it was pretty funny, yeah. Yeah? Okay. I'm yeah, sure. it wasn't, like, riotously funny, but it, it was good yeah. enough. Yeah,
2: it, that's half yeah. romantic comedy. It's half the half the formula there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and like, I, I thought that the the last segment of it, like, the end part, was very satisfying and very well done.
2: Okay, that's the Mahjong sequence, right? Doesn't it close? Yeah, like,
1: the, okay. the, around, like, the <clears throat> the major climactic conflict to the Mahjong scene and then, like, leading up to the end of the movie, I thought that was really well done. Um, okay. There's like a part at the end that like made the whole audience gasp, and I've heard that everyone else who saw it had the same reaction in oh, really? their audience, okay, and I thought it was really cool. It was set up pretty That's well. Um, yeah. So all in all, uh, I like it. The more I think about it, actually, uh, and I can appreciate like the cultural um, representation a lot more when I think about it. Um, so yeah, I'm oh, happy. Yeah, well. I'm happy. I'm happy it exists. I'm happy I saw it. Okay. Maybe I'll get to it this weekend then, on your on your recommendation. Uh,
2: how about you, Crossman? What did you see?
0: Rewatch the 1996 Schwarzenegger vehicle, Eraser. Which is on, <laughs> I've seen uh, that. Netflix. Like, have seen band. it? I've seen it.
2: Um, the, I have not. What the hell is that? You
0: haven't seen Eraser? No. Okay. It's like... um.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it,
0: it's very funny because the, the idea is totally stupid because it's like, it's witness protection program, but like, ooh, I don't know what's happening, um, but it's like extreme. Extreme witness, it's, it's extreme witness protection. It's extreme witness protection, essentially. So Schwarzenegger plays the eraser. He's uh-huh. uh, he's a U.S. marshal, and he helps like relocate people that are a part of sure. uh, an investigation of, of whatever. Yeah. Um, so he uh, the, the, Vanessa Williams is uh, the other main character in this film. She works at mm-hmm. a weapons manufacturer, and she has like inside info. Um, and she's like she's like an FBI uh informant informant. Right. Um, it turns out the company is selling their weapons to terrorists and just like she, Reagan. Yeah okay. <laughs> uh, And so she um she has this information and then uh, the company figures this out and they like try and kill her. Uh, and erase, again, like like good. and then Schwarzenegger like puts her into a new life, and then like protects her throughout the film because like it. the people from the company are like trying to kill her. Um, James Kahn is in this film. Oh really? He, okay. uh, he plays like one of the evil dudes. You got it. Um, number of people from uh, uh, the West Wing too. Number of like West Wing mm. characters. He, he's the
1: perfect evil businessman guy. Yes. James Khan Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Um, this is like a very like by the numbers Schwarzenegger film. So it's like kills people and then like says something cool. And then um, does the he one say you're
2: erased at some point.
0: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, know oh, yeah. It, it's the like it's the ultimate. Wait, is line this, in this, is this film. the one where
1: he kills the CG alligator and says your luggage? Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, and it was like a bad CG alligator.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not, not great. The CG, CG, CG doesn't hold up super well in this film. Including the uh, one of the scenes that the movie is known for where he um, opens up the emergency exit on a plane and then throws a parachute out and then jumps out after it.
2: Nope, that's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and then he's able to like get the parachute but then the plane like, comes around and tries to like <laughs> hit him out of the air. Because you could you could do that with, a, with a passenger jet. Yeah. It was impossible. Yes. Um and then he has to like let go of that parachute and then get a he, new one? He, well he has an emergency backup because it's like a military style sure. shoot. Um what really struck me like this watch through though is that like films like this are just like not being made anymore. You just saw this, rampage. Yeah. Brand- is like not this though. Like okay. Like this is like a enjoyable action. So you liked film? It. Yeah, I like this film a lot. Okay. Well, you I, did say you rewatched it. With a so specific level must've...
1: of camp to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where it's like it's serious, but like not too serious okay
1: uh, that's what i love about arnold schwarzenegger and like, yeah. his action movie catalog It's just yeah. there's always that like little bit of humor to it
0: commando is a really uh, good a example of, it, of yeah. that um, yeah kindergarten cop <laughs> not kindergarten cop <laughs> um but yeah there's there's a lot of examples of this in schwarzenegger's career and it really seems like a film type that kind of like lived and died by schwarzenegger like well,
2: and it's a shame because we have the perfect candidate for it right now. In, Jason in The Statham. Rock. Jason Statham. Yeah. That's who should be doing this. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the guy.
0: It's uh, He's hilarious. He is funny. I liked, he has yeah. good comedy I jobs. I like Crank
1: yeah. a lot. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of getting into that territory well, where it, it's super cheesy and like it knows that it's cheesy so it embraces it. Did you see Spy? I feel like I've yeah, talked about this movie before. Yeah.
0: I didn't like Spy, but I, you're I do see the <laughs> connections that yeah. you're drawing.
1: But, but you know I, I thought that point.
0: was like even too hammy for that <coughs> yeah, but, but yeah I don't, I, don't, I don't know what we've really lost like I like <laughs> I like these films but I think it's just like we've just like lost Schwarzenegger films <laughs>
2: we've lost middle and this point has been made many times we've lost middle brow movies Yes. Right. Or like middle budget movies. Yes. And like that's what these were a lot of times. Middle budget movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we do so all we have is like super super cheap movies or humongous blockbusters. Again, not a novel point to make, but I think that this may be a casualty of that
0: that phenomenon. It probably is. Yeah, because yeah. these are like uh you know you know you got thirty million bucks, you get a script, and you get attached yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger to it, and then make a film. Right. You knock it out in a couple of weeks, and yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think Fast and Furious is kind of like drawing from sure. this but they're, they're still just very different from what there's like very different thing that's what's happening in it's too series. well made yeah
2: in a sense yeah and like yeah. they sometimes want you to take them seriously and yeah i think that like with these kind of movies that you're describing
1: they at no point want you to take it seriously no
0: it's supposed to be a fun action yeah, exactly. movie exactly and does it is he like, dual wield rail guns
1: in this one he dual wields them right
0: yeah he does <laughs> yes he does, yeah, he does. there's also a, uh, I, I remember reading like a long blog post where someone like did out the physics of of the railgun and like what would happen if you were to like fire it one would of die. these things No well yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you would also be um so if you were to stand at on the ground and point the railgun at the horizon and shoot it, you would be launched into space horizontally. <laughs> Because of the way Newtonian physics work, um, and someone like did out the math that like you which shows that like the fact that you'd be launched into orbit by like firing a gun like
2: that. That's great. So you you'd be dead well before you got to space, I suppose. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you'd be immolated by the friction of air. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I like that somebody went through the effort of like doing all the calculations. and like, what that's would,
1: another part what of the happen. charm in these movies. You yeah. get hilarious analyses like this. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly.
0: Um,
1: so, race that, is a recommend still.
0: It's it's funny. There's yeah. uh, there's a he helps this like kind of mafia goomba like early in the film, yeah. and that guy like brings a lot of humor to the film that I think is neat, warranted and is yeah. good. Um, I I think it's a good, like, Schwarzenegger vehicle, and I miss having stuff like that. I know he's trying to, tried to relaunch his career a bit, and none of the films seem worth watching, like. No. Yeah. Yeah, They're all too
1: serious, really. That's the feeling I get. Yeah. Yeah, He made, like, a serious zombie movie? Yeah, what was that? (laughs)
0: yeah. I
1: didn't see it. uh, Yeah. It probably wasn't very good.
0: It seemed, I guess the era is just, like, past. But I think you're right, it's budget, and. It's changing tastes, I guess. Yes. Yeah.
2: I think there would still be an audience for that. Yeah. If if they were made. Yeah, I think it's great.
0: So yeah, that type of movie. Uh, so which Schwarzenegger film do you want to watch <laughs> next week? Uh, no <laughs> Schwarzenegger <laughs> film,
2: but I do yeah. want to do a genre film. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Japan for *Yojimbo*. Finally, get some Kurosawa in there. One of the most important directors in the history of cinema, um, mm. and this is probably is really the movie that put him on the map and really his most accessible movie. Um, so Yojimbo is the pick for next week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate the audience. Um, if you're liking the show, please share it on your various social media platforms. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play and I think there's some, some other platform in there, Facebook. Um, so find us out there if you haven't yet and join us next week for Yojimbo.